guys. I am so glad that you are here and grateful that you have tuned in to today's episode. I feel so blessed to have crossed paths with so many people in my life, especially those who inspire me and also are connected to those with disabilities. If you're just tuning in for the first time to this podcast, what you need to know about me is my passion, my purpose. Everything is centered around of having a brother who is older than me who has a disability. So a lot of the episodes, although I love to dive into women leadership and entrepreneurial um, spirit and all of those things, one of the things I love to highlight the most is connecting and interacting with people, um, whether they're siblings or mamas or whatever that looks like, family members of those impacted by um, the world of disabilities. And so without further ado, I have a very special guest who I'm very blessed that we actually connected um, a backstory when I talked about women leadership. Um, I went through this women's school and she was actually a strategist through this women's school that I met at a social gathering. And it really wasn't even about our family and our impact, and that's just how God kind of brings people together, I feel, in the right moment and the right purpose. And we got to talk in, and she was sharing with me about having a son with a disability and all the things that they were doing differently that I was so intrigued by of how they shaped their health journey, how they did, they packed up and left and traveled during COVID and, and she homeschools. She's doing all the things while also um, as a beauty encounter, she's the executive director of a beauty encounter and she's the strategist of this art of women being a woman. Um, she has five children, um, two are in heaven and she has a special needs son. She's a Mimi of two grandkids. It's just, oh, and did I mention she's been married for 28 years of doing all those things? And her name is Christiana Gondro. And I'm so excited that she is here to share all of the things, especially if you're a mama raising children or an individual with a disability or you're impacted, you are definitely going to want to tune in and stay tuned as we dive in and follow her purpose along the journey. So buckle up, Buttercup and let's dive in today's purpose. All right, Christiana, tell us a little a bit about who you are, my dear. <laughs> well, um, I am first a, a, a wife, um, a mother, and a grandma now. <laughs> no, that's so exciting. Two little oh, boys, right? Two boys, two boys. And the beautiful thing is, is that you mentioned I have five kids and then two more in heaven. Um, that so I still have a house full. I still have four kids at home. Um, and then my daughter who is married and has these two little kids and um, they're my grandchildren. So it's great to be straddling two worlds like this because um, I don't know, it's just all magical. And just, just to watch and be able to think back about where I was at her age and kind of the thoughts. And so, yeah, so I, and my Instagram handle is live well, dream big. And the reason I bring that up is because it took me a long time to dream big, you know, and to live well. I, I would make good choices, little good choices here and little good choices there. I think that were the stepping stones, but um, it's when life squeezed me that mama bear woke up, that I decided I needed a whole lot of sugar in my lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, so um, yeah, I think challenges, people are afraid of challenges and they're afraid of struggles, but truly I am where I am because I'm a child of hope. And I really believe that there's always a sunrise after a dark storm. So here I am. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, thank you for coming. One, you have been a breath of fresh air every time I've connected with you. And I just think you have so much for the community that tunes in to this um, episode or to the podcast. You have so much like 
just experience and, and, and an insight that I think sometimes lacks. And so I'm so intrigued just to dive in and I hope that we can start, um, you know, as I preface it, I have a brother with a disability and that's instantly how we connected, um, through our conversation because you have a son and, and can you tell us, um, a little bit about him and what his disability is, how old he is, his name, like a little bit about him, because I feel like I already know him through what we talked about before too. Absolutely. So his name is Dominic, um, Dominic Aquinas, and he is 17. And he is really the heart of our family because he has, um, I really feel like his vocation is in this world is to help people learn how to love. And he has truly done that. There are lessons that he has taught all of us that Um, it's not just a parenting lesson. It's how to love. So he's 17. He's the middle child. (laughs) He's middle child. Um, literally even I, I suffered a loss before him and, and then my last one, cause I had a set of twin girls. So, um, yeah, he's still, he's still there in the middle somewhere. So (laughs) he is 17. He is he has cerebral palsy and he's a quadriplegic, which means that he's unable to do anything himself. And if you speak to him and you tell him a joke, he understands everything cognitively. He, um, is he's, he was completely preserved. So the self-preservation of the body is incredible. I learned, I've learned so much through him because his mind was preserved and it's his bodily function. Like organizing his arms and his legs and feeding himself and all of those things. So he is a 24 seven kid. Um, and he's the heart of our family really. Well, one of the things that I want to dive in to initially is that you shared with me is you homeschool and not only do you homeschool him, right? You homeschooled all of your children, is that correct? Yes, that is and, correct. And whenever I we talked about this, I love this, and I think it's so important to say, is you said, I homeschooled before it was cool to homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Before I was on the other side going, oh, my goodness, your kids are schooling at home. You know, that's so much harder. Um, right. In today's world, I mean, through like COVID and all of those things, homeschool is kind of a way that's been strategically planned by a lot of families. And I know that there's many parents who are listening who have considered or contemplated homeschooling their child with um, a disability just due to the hardships of the inconsistency and the and some of the things, the barriers that they had to do with virtual and all of those things. So I think that's what I would love to dive into initially is why homeschool? What was that purpose for you of how, and how did you do it? <laughs> right. All of the loaded questions, right? All of it. Yes. Um, and I love these kinds of questions because I think it really helps people um, figure out what their next steps are when we hear other people's stories. So I started homeschooling really out of um, the belief that what we could offer our children was better than the options we had. So I like to make sure that people understand that homeschooling is not perfect. Sending your kids to school is not perfect. All your problems aren't going to go away. It's really about discerning what is the best for your child. So I was, my husband was like homeschooling forever. And for (laughs) me, the way, (laughs) the way that I always um, faced the year was I'm a homeschooler year by year, depending on what my kids need. And um, my two oldest, my eldest went to school for two years in the middle in there somewhere. And then my next one went to school for one year in there. And really it was through a discernment process of what do they need right now? What can we offer? What can, you know, can someone else offer? And um, so I think it's really important to understand that not one decision isn't going to fix everything. Now with Dominic and, and with all my other kids, so my two, Dominic has a set of twin sisters after him. And so they've always been homeschooled and they are in eighth grade now and they are, 
we're continuing to homeschool, especially just because of how the world is right now. So, um, and with him, he's schooled at home. And I will tell you that going through COVID because he's had tutors through the school, he has an IEP, he has um, PT, OT, all of those things. And the kids that have suffered the greatest loss through this whole um, pandemic has been are the kids that have special needs because they have their challenges on top of everything else that was expected of them. So we, you know, we went virtual and um, we had, because I didn't want him sitting the whole time, we had to cut some of the hours. And so the, really the gift of having homeschooled before all of this happened is that we've always rolled him into whatever we're doing. And so to make sure that we didn't miss anything uh, while everybody was trying to figure out how do we educate these kids over Zoom, um, I just folded him in and looked at what, what was grade level, what we're all doing together, what can he do um, aside from what's being offered him. So it just, it actually made our journey through um, this whole pandemic easier in a sense, because we've pivoted so many times in our lives as it is that we had tools. So I wasn't scrambling. It was just, what can he do? He can do audiobooks. He can do a lot of, he's just all of that. So yeah, so we've folded in. So currently he's actually being schooled at home and homeschooled because he is not getting um, everything that he needs. I love how you say like, I'm a homeschooler, like year to year. I love that you evaluate it that way and put your kids of what their priorities need in that moment in that year and know that it can fluctuate. I love that, that insight. I don't think I've ever heard, you know, that before either. I feel like you're either all homeschool or you're all in, but I think that that's what people are trying to navigate even now. So I love that insight. I think I'm going to have to, because I'm a sibling and we've talked about this. I'm very intrigued to see, I mean, I know you're Wonder Woman and I I just know the way that you represent yourself and I do follow you on Instagram and just to see the balance. How hard has that been on you as a mom or what, what have you learned through the process or how have you, I guess I'm loading a bunch of questions into one, but like, what have you learned through this process and how has your kids maybe adapted to maybe the caretaking while also homeschooling like do they all share that we've talked about that a little bit but like do they all share within that role and is that a positive thing or is that something that you've navigated and set that expectation as a parent oh my gosh did I even ask you anything I like want to learn everything about everything. Oh, I totally, I totally get the gist of your, of your question. Cause that's kind of where my brain is always living, you know? <laughs> so yeah, spill the beans, all of it. So I will tell you that as a mother of a special needs, um, child who is now really almost a young man, um, my, my ba- my biggest concern always was when I was the person that really was the only one that knew what all of his protocols were or what he ate or how to do X, Y, and Z. And I wasn't replaceable. That scared me because the idea, because all you can think of is if you're thrown into a state of emergency within the family, what is it going to look like? And how can I make that be less scary so that if they have feelings that they need to process, they have the time to process them. If they have, you know, all of these things that they then would have a little bit of breathing space instead of, oh my goodness, how are we going to care for him? Because I don't know what, you know, what his routine is or how he, how he's fed or whatever. So really actually um, there were, there have been a lot of hard moments through, um, through COVID and everything, because we lost all of the help in our home for a time. We're back in that space with all the mandates that are happening. Um, But the biggest gift, and I really consider it um, a timeless gift because it's where my heart was longing to have a solution for. It was um, 
making sure that someone could step into my space at least for a short period of time until plan B or plan C or plan D could come into play. And so what was happening? um, So what's happened is I'm very aware of making sure that my kids are not the primary caregiver right now, because that's my role right now. Um, And I want to make sure that I, instead of abdicating that role and building resentment that they see that I struggle but that I'm the primary, like I'm okay showing them that I'm struggling so that it's not fake when they have to actually um, take the role of being the primary caregiver or share the load or whatever. So they do see me struggling sometimes. And I'll say, I, I actually, I really need help here. Come on guys, you know, so then everybody needs to come and they need to help. And however that looks, you know, and um, I started you know, it was this sort of navigating of, well, I need to take an hour out because I have an event from this time and this time, but it happens to fall right at dinner. So guess what? You guys are on your own <laughs> and you're going to have to learn how to feed him. And I think that was scary initially for, um, for everyone, but that I think is my biggest accomplishment in, in, within the family is having made myself at least for a short time, slightly replaceable. Um, it's never, it's never as good as mom, I guess, because mom has the heart of the home for when the family is growing, Mm -hmm. but it has really relieved a lot of the unknowns that were in place until I started cultivating and teaching them the skills. Cause That's what I realized. It was my responsibility. If I was carrying this fear of how to make sure that my son, Dominic is cared for, well, then I need to teach the skills, don't I? So it was just the same. It's like a new person comes in working with him. I need to teach those skills. Well, my family needs those skills. And so, um, my twin girls know how they can care for him on their own. Like it doesn't look pretty. And there's a lot of laughing and probably gross jokes going on in there because <laughs> they're eighth grade girls, you know, and he's a boy and, you know, it's like, cause so the feeding is not neat. He's probably wearing a lot of the food, but they're getting better. And he's doesn't go hungry if they're feeding him, you know? So there's a lot of laughter there too. There's a lot of humor. Um, and I think replacing it, um, allowing them to feel that responsibility in little doses, I think also is the way to make sure that when they step into that place, because ultimately you and I know, cause you're in this space, they are going to step into that place. They're going to go in with eyes open and, um, and with a heart full of love because they love their brother so much. I love that. Well, and what it, one of the things that you are saying right now that I can appreciate as a sibling that I feel, you know, I can say you're doing it right, like based on, you know, my opinion of the stamp of approval or whatever that means, right? But I think the empowerment, I think either A, I, I, I coach a lot of siblings and, and parents on this all the time, but I think A, you have those mamas or daddies that um, don't want to burden the other neurotypical siblings and so that they do it all but then the family dynamic struggles or they have the mentality like well the only way it's going to be done well or done right is if I do it and I can't afford for it not to be me so I can't depend on you know the sibling to do it and or you know grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle because they'll regress and, and back do right like there's that and then there's this other side of this of where you're at, or no, not even where you're at. I think on the whole other dynamic of that is then the families that only want like the care, like the caretaking is strictly um, they're okay for them to babysit and jeopardize their life or not have that other like they're a part of the family. These are the cards are dealt, and you're you're here to to facilitate and help me because he's your brother, you know, I think there's far end of the spectrum. What you've described is exactly kind of what my mom had done. And I didn't realize it until you said it is really this lovely balance of modeling, but also just those little doses of 
building that relationship and understanding that part of the relationship with my brother is learning how to caretake for him. That's part of it, you know, like that's how to show up for him. But also it allowed me, I didn't realize, and I wonder what your take is on for this for your siblings. It was a way for me to show up for my mom. Like my mom and I have a great, like she's my best friend. And I think more so I wanted to, obviously I wanted to do that for my brother. But I think what some parents miss, and I hope that if you've missed this, you're hearing me say that to you, is as a, as a, especially a young woman, especially an eighth grader, I remember in middle school of seeing the burden, like my mom was the primary, my mom and my dad are the primary caregivers. My mom, you know, naturally the mom, you know, played more of a significant role, not that my dad wasn't. But I say that is I wanted to help just to be able to relieve something from her and she never wanted to ask. So it was this wonderful relationship of she made it intentional of when it was needed. Like I need your help just for X, Y, and Z. And she just made sure that that wasn't every day or, you know, that wasn't to jeopardize or sacrifice what I needed to have my own identity um, away from that. But it was also an expectation within the home. And it, it was a, as a respectful and I'm rambling and I realized that, but I hope that if anything that you can see that maybe your relationship with your daughters are stronger, maybe because the way that you approach of their expectation. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, you know, I think we all come into, we all live lives, what our ideal life would be like, but honestly, in every situation, there's something that requires you to roll up your sleeves. Right. And for us, it happens to be, um, our, my child who has special needs. And that means that we have to roll up our sleeves and come together as a community. And so that's, I think at the heart of everything is just to make sure that within the family, and this is something I learned because this is not language, um, that, was part of how I lived initially in this idea of having a community. Well, we all live under this home, so we should all care (laughs) about how it looks or how we help each other, or, you know, it's not just the job of one person to be doing X, Y, and Z. So I really have cultivated through learning um, the hard way you know, and, uh, and making sure that the kids understand that always have an eye of where you can help. Mm. Just have an eye for where you can help. And if you don't know, then start by saying, how can I help? And a lot of times people who need help, they don't know how you can help, but just by literally noticing this person needs help, how can I help? That's the first step to really learning how to be helpful because then, you start being less afraid of, I'm just here, let me carry your bags, you know, because you wouldn't know how to help if you didn't actually at least want to have a heart of servant, leader, you know, mm. just a servant leader. So I think that's the first thing is that I've cultivated and I try and foster uh, a way of living that they're, they aren't afraid of making a mistake. Is it perfect? is this, you know, are, are my husband and I always on the same page or my eldest, you know, like when you have start having kids that are older, so there's still all of that family dynamic in there and everybody has a lot of opinions, but we try and create a space where, okay, what are you thinking? How can you help? Like all of these things and not be afraid of not agreeing, but also still being helpful. Oh, I love, well, and I I love your thought process about how the family is a community, like your own community. And and I just, I I don't know, that's so insightful if you think of it that way and how you learn how to even impact the bigger community, right? Through what you learn in that small community within your home. I love that. So uh, there's so much and I want to make sure I get to it all. So one of the things that we talked about, and I'm interested for you to share, is you took a huge leap of faith um, and packed up your 
like left the home with four of your children, right? Because the adult was still, she's still, she's out, right? So like you left and went somewhere. Explain that. Like you left for a month or so. Yes. So, okay. So what you're thinking of is in 2013. So I had all of my kids at home. So we had, so there are two times that we did this. Um, When uh, in 2004, we left for 10 months and lived in England. We were supposed to go in 2003 and I had all the complications, uh, was bed rest and he was born at 25 weeks and two days. So we postponed that trip. And this is where I think that where I'm going to take you in what I'm sharing is that I believe that um, you embrace the opportunities that come your way because they are amazing and nothing needs to hold you back. So he was born in 2004 and I went with a little baby to England and lived there for 10 months. This is before anybody learned how to live long distance, right? And then we came back. So I had three at the time. And then in 2013, we again closed our house down and left and lived in Rome for five and a half months. And I still had, at this point I had the five kids. So my twins were five years old. And um, what both times did, what both of them, and they were really, it's interesting, the timing for each of them, that feeling that sometimes you have where, gosh, I wish I could just walk out the door, turn the key and just walk away from my life for a little bit and just like regroup and figure out what's happening or where we're going or whatever. Well, I feel like I was able to do that twice. Yes, it takes courage. People say, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, throw a bunch of clothes in a suitcase, zip it up and (laughs) fly away. (laughs) Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. So we did that. And, um, and both times I look back and it just, I don't know, it creates opportunities and it just kept us going. I don't know how to explain that. It just kept us going, you know? Yes. You can still travel even if you have a special needs child, it's a lot more work, but we were willing. I think the things in life that are most worth doing take work. Well, and I, I couldn't remember exactly. I was thinking it was during COVID for some reason. But no, like, I think that's what I remember us talking. And that was the story that was, like, mind-blowing to me. Because a lot of mamas, no matter if you're raising a child with a disability or not, a lot of mamas are so fearful. Like, they might have the desires and wants, but so fearful of the unknown or, like, or that permission slip, like, can I really do this? You know, so I think for you to not only do it once, but do it twice and with a, an, a, a baby that you weren't, you didn't know. I rem- and then we're going to get into this health journey because that's another intriguing thing that I love. But I remember you saying like, you just didn't, you didn't know about the health. Like you didn't know any, like you just had the baby and there were so many uncertainties, but you just knew you had to do it. Like you had to, you just had to do it. You had to lock the you know, close the door out of one and open another. And I think we're so fearful of doing that as women and especially of that structure and that routine that we get lost in. But then we also, that's great, but we get lost in it, right? And I love how you talk about how you regained so much from from resetting, right? Yeah, and it's a, and it's important to make the distinction that we weren't running away from our lives, we actually continued to step into opportunities that had come our way that allowed us, and it took courage for sure. Uh, but my husband, for for the first one, he had been offered uh, a like a grant to do research, and I looked at him as like, "Well, let's we can do this. We'll do it as a family." And I mean, we lived on. I think I would buy 
one sausage and somehow figure out how to make a meal for a family because it was so expensive. And, you know, like we were just starting out. And then um, when we went to to Rome, again, it was another opportunity. And I remember my husband looking at me and saying, well, how are we going to do it? I said, we are going to throw our clothes into those suitcases, zip them up, buy buy plane tickets and go. You're going to get, you know, you will get to, to accept this opportunity that's come your way. So the family unit really has to be, I mean, just so that people know it's real in our family. It's not perfect. There are a lot of bumps. There's so, so many things that we've had to work through, but I think the, the, the principle that has always been there is that both my husband and I have had the attitude that it's for better, for worse. We may be in that for worse part right now, (laughs) you know, kind of rough and it's really unpleasant. And and it's hard because of what we're going through with our kids and whatever we're personally working through. But that commitment to just taking one more step. Sometimes you don't need to know what it looks like on the other side. Just know the direction that you're supposed to be walking and take one step, just one step, and then go and take another one. Um, that's really how we have gotten through some of the hardest times in our lives. And we've had some really tragic moments and some really hard moments and sometimes that we celebrate and it's amazing. So, and personally, I always try and face life with gratitude because I think gratitude fixes almost everything. Mm. When you look at even the hard things, having been through the hard things and then having hindsight and looking and saying, wow, I could not imagine the blessings that came from that at that moment. But to be here and look back and see all of those blessings. Wow. It's incredible. I love your take on all of it. All of it. You have such um, a great insight, which I want to, before we end, there's, I want to talk about this little health piece, but before we end, I think what's really important, and I've pinged this for you, um, a hundred, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is your wheelhouse because you're so insightful. You have so much, um, energy and, and experience and so much gratitude along that. I want to talk about this women's school and that's just uh, like that strategist that you can do and help so many parents that don't even know that they need it because I experienced it. But before we get there, I want to talk about how you you took a health journey for what it needed to be for Dominic, researched it and learned it and made and not made. I shouldn't do that because your family's a community. And so the community adapted and shifted and and customized this health journey, which I think is enormous. I mean, it's incredible. And then you shared how you're now seeing that your daughter do that as a mama and how you knew that now that that's kind of like hindsight, right? Like that grateful moment of being able to hindsight of like, oh, wow, the impact that carries on that now to your grandchildren. So kind of explain what I'm talking about because it's amazing. So um, Dominic, having been born that early, the struggles, the health struggles that he had were very intense. They were very hard. And mama bear woke up, you know, this was, it's kind of when you discover a calling and you may not even know at that moment that that's, what's waking up inside you. But he, what I wanted to give this little delicate, fragile baby was the best shot at life, you know, and it, and I probably wouldn't have been able to word it that way. It was just the, the maternal instinct inside me saying this little baby needs as much help as possible. And so I did do a lot of research and became his best advocate because what's really important to know, I'm so grateful to the medical community because he's here because of them. You know, he's alive and he's here because of them. There are moments that they are the ones that 
will walk you through what you need to walk through. But it's also important to remember that they are human beings making decisions. And sometimes they're making decisions between two very hard things and they're not really 100% sure, like this is the best path. They may tell you this is the best path. But when you ask the questions as the mother, because you have you have intuition, right? So you, um, I just started asking questions, so many questions and started researching and I would just have a dialogue. Well, how about this? How about that? How about this? And if I was talking to a dietitian that didn't know about the foods that I was bringing up, I'm like, well, you're a dietitian. How can you not know about this food and that food and this food? Can this help? You know? So I started realizing that, you know, I have a lot of say in his journey. And so I started researching nutrition and I started, and it was not all done at the same time. The best analogy that I can say is if you put a bowl of jelly beans in front of you and you take one jelly bean, that's great. It's one jelly bean. But if you're continually eating that bowl of jelly beans, you will not even realize that you got to the bottom of the bowl of jelly beans and it's all gone. This is literally what I was doing is like a jelly bean of information, another jelly bean of information, one more thing, one more change. And so that is how our family did a full um, about pivot when it came to health is because I started saying, well, if that's good for him, well, I mean, all these reasons, well, that's good for us too. And by the way, I'm not going to cook two meals. So we're all going to eat the same thing. (laughs) And so it just started, um, it just started changing because I started learning. And as I learned, I thought, well, if it's good for him, it's good for us. And I think it's important to also realize that you don't have to be a short order cook in the house. You need to be, um, a family. And yes, you can adapt and adjust, but what's best for everyone is kind of was always my attitude. What's best for everyone. Um, and it was pretty intense sometimes, like he needed things that my other kids didn't need. But as I was changing things for him and learning, I was like, well, we're not eating that and we're not using this. And it's, and it spilled over into, um, products. And so, cause you brought my daughter into this, um, when you start on a health journey, people wonder, where do I start? Start where it's less intimidating or where the real need is. And for us, it was food and that's really hard. But what happens is, is when you start making one little change, it kind of snowballs into the next one and the next one and the next one. And so that's literally what happened. It was like, did all this food stuff and I feel kind of good. Wait a minute. What, but what are we washing our dishes with her? Like, what are we putting on our bodies? You know? So then start researching into that. And I like to say, I take a really deep dive. Don't come up for oxygen until I have a decision. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time I told my husband's like, we're not buying that detergent again, by the way, he goes, Oh, by that time he was used to how I work in the house. Like what <laughs> my ultimatums met. My, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but we're going to need some really soon. I'm like, how much time do I have two weeks? Okay. Game on, you know, kind of <laughs> like my attitude was like, I will have an answer for you within two weeks. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So, um, so my daughter who has her own two kids now, she saw the growth in our house and the impact that these little decisions were making and the big impacts and just how we lived and wasn't always crazy about how she ate. I'm not always crazy about how all my kids eat if they're in a public setting or whatever, but I can see them thinking and I don't want to guilt them. I want them to make the decision for themselves. So when she start when she was expecting, I saw her doing all this research of, oh, well, I'm buying this. And, and I would say, well, what did you check into to make sure that it doesn't have that? I'm like, oh yeah, of course, mom. And then the next thing, it was amazing. And I was like, I would have, I just couldn't see that far, but to make one good decision and include the family what happens down the road is most likely something that you can't imagine, but it's amazing. 
I mean, I want to end on that because that was so powerful, but I still need to go on because you're too good not to. So, because that was really good. And I think it goes back. I want, I want to do two things. You mentioned that you're, um, you didn't used to dream, like dream big, right? Like, or you didn't know how. And I want to end because you have, you're such, as you even talk, I'm just like in tune. I don't even know how to follow up just because I'm so in tune and so powerful of your insight. I know that you became a strategist and it's not just any, it's not like a life coach. It's not like just any strategist. It's a strategist to coach women and women like in development of all things. Like, and the reason I can speak to this is because I, I was a, a, a student, I guess, a, a woman, I guess that's what I can call myself. But I went through this thing that's called the women's school. And that's kind of how I met with you um, through this. And it's life-changing. It was life-changing for me of just doing the work for myself, not for anybody else. But I started to show up a little bit different in how I analyze my whole entire life and the person that I am and how I got here and how I think about things. So the women's school has strategists, coaches, basically, you know, like if you don't know what a strategist is, it's basically breaking down to be a coach, right? Like, um, And we all need that. Like, I can't stress how important that is. But what I kept telling to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did going through this and becoming the strategist yourself make you a better mom, especially to, we talk about like self-care and how parenting those with disabilities and not to that parenting's hard all across the board. I'm I'm a parent, I get it. But when when you put parenting a child with a disability, that brings a whole nother layer that is unexplainable unless you've been through it. And I haven't been personally through it. I've been with it, right? I don't know if that's the right, what I'm trying to say, but like I see my mom. If my mom had women's school and had a a coach, a strategist that could understand the life that she lived wow, what a game changer that would have been. Almost the self-care that she didn't know she needed until she got it, right? Of course, my mom now has not gotten that, but that's no here nor there. What I'm saying to you is as soon as I talked with you, I was like, oh my gosh, why are you not bridging the two? I don't think moms know what they need and they need you. And not just moms, but moms raising children with disabilities. And I say that because this community that I'm surrounded by and I lead and, and I'm impacted by, there's a bunch of mamas listening right now. So with you, I know that you're like, well, I never really thought about it. Like, I'll, you'll coach any woman. I get it. Like, but explain how this journey of becoming the strategist and going through the women's school and what that the heart of that is and how that made you maybe a different parent or thinking through um, of, of, of showing up differently. I guess I'm talking now in circles. I have been before the women's school, I had been in business for a long time. So I had sort of piecemealed out of survival, really little bits and pieces of working on myself. And it was, you know, initially financial needs. So I had been in this world of working on myself for, for a long time. And I had worked with other women, but what I saw is, that feeling that most women have that they're going crazy because every part of their lives needs attention and they don't know how to integrate their different arenas of their lives. And so we feel like we're failing. We feel like we're not who we should be or want to be. I mean, there's just so much tied into there. So what happened is that, um, I, the, I, there's a woman that I work with in the, in the business aspect. And I just, I knew where she was. I knew it was happening. And I, all I could say was keep your priorities in place and I will pray for you because I didn't have the skills of how to help her integrate her life and be able to help her stop spinning. So when I came across the women's school, and I'd been across a lot of programs and I saw her blossoming. It was a type of growth that I had never seen before. Um, 
I saw her taking on things, even though she had a lot on her plate, it was just incredible. And so that was January of 2000. So it was like a year and a half ago. And then December came and I was, what is this that you've been, you've told me about, but what is this? So I dug into it and I thought, wow, this is unlike anything I've ever come across. So as a strategist, um, coming from the world of special needs, women, mothers in this, the world of special needs, the way that you need to understand where they are is, or any health emergency within the family, it's, you reach a place of depletion and then you are in a state of depletion from the depletion. Like it's even magnified. It's way more than having a regular family because what you're navigating is just so much bigger. It's not just the everyday because a child's life is at stake or whatever, you know, like this is serious stuff. So with what happens with this, the women's school is that you actually learn how to work in these different arenas. And then you actually learn how to make these little bridges to start integrating all of them together. And it's hard to dream when you feel like everything around you is dark and you're literally, all you're doing is surviving and surviving. Sometimes maybe that's where you need to be for, for a little place, but that's not sustainable. Surviving is putting your foot down. You, you wake up, you put your two feet on the floor and you keep going, but that's not sustainable. So what the woman's school has given me because the woman's school has given me the tools to work in the arenas that I had to let go of to survive. But instead of being in survival mode now, actually crafting and designing what I want all of the arenas to look like from here on out. Mm. And those arenas are what really, I never really called them arenas before, but it's all like, think of it as like a pie. And it's like all these pieces that make the pie whole um, and it takes all of those pieces and I never looked at it that way I think that um, my take on it same as yours a little bit was uh, I was not necessarily in a place of depletion I was in a place for me whenever I was going through women's school like I wanted more I just didn't know how to go after more and I had a lot of these self-limiting beliefs but I also didn't know where they came from and I didn't know even what I was missing or what I was even depleted in until I went through this. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that arena existed in my life. Like I was so focused over here, like in family that I forgot about contribution or I forgot about financial like or health. Like I think us women, we get so focused in on one part of our life, like our health journey that we tend to isolate only that and forget everything else and that's really what the women's school really taught me was really how to take each of those piece pieces and and how to develop each one of those to be a fuller whole self um and I just thought you have such a gift in being able to have a a perception or an insight that most people don't um and you have such a gift and I hope that you always use that gift but with that being said, I know that people are like, okay, what is now? What is this women's school they're talking about? And I want her because, yes, I do have a child with cerebral palsy or Down syndrome or, or autism or whatever that is. And my journey looks different, but I love this women's school and I can do that virtually. And, yes, you're in, you're in Rhode Island, right? Is that I'm in Rhode Island, yes. I mean, that is the one thing that happened with all of this COVID stuff is that it opened up channels of communication that – weren't well established. They were there, but now we just lean into all this amazing ability to connect with people, even though you're in Kentucky and I'm in Rhode Island. I know, which I think is even more beautiful because maybe in Rhode Island, there's, there might be, I don't know, 20 parents. Whereas, 
you the by somebody listening right now or they go and follow you on Instagram and they can connect of what you could do if a bunch of like women from all over came together in a Zoom. Could you imagine the powerhouse between a woman's school that's cultivated around women who are raising children with disabilities? Like I hope that I can make this happen because it will be mind blowing and I want you to facilitate it. (laughs) I would love to do that because if I had had these tools, I think our ship wouldn't have sunk as, as much under the water as it did before we actually were able to get our little cup and get the water out of the ship and start floating again, you know? And the way that I say to people is, you may feel like you may not need these skills, but you don't know what the storms of life will be like. And if you have the skills, then you know how to weather the storm. And I wish I had had these skills because I, I think that we would have weathered the storm differently, but I also am surrendered to the fact that this is our, this is my story. And this is why I'm here and why I'm doing what I'm doing because it's been work and it's been hard, but it's been beautiful. And so my hope is that I can actually help someone that feels like they're drowning, feel like they can take a breath of fresh air and then um, have a say in the direction that their life takes. Absolutely. Okay. So with that being said, how can someone Um, Although I'm going to put it in the show notes as well, how can someone connect with you um, and and really get to know you or follow your journey and know your story more in depth? Or maybe they're interested in about this women's school and like, yeah, I'm a mama. I wanted to do that with you. How can they go about connecting with you? So they can find me on Instagram with the Instagram handle live well, dream big. That's me. And then on Facebook, I am um, Christiana quotations, Dawson Gondro, and, um, it's not public, so it's not always the best place to find me, but you can, and then you can find me Christiana's beauty counter. It's a quieter page on Facebook, but I, but I do post, um, health related things there. So probably the best place is, is Instagram live well, dream big. And you can always shoot me an email, cgondro at gmail.com because I am going to be starting a class the end of October, beginning of November. Um, so uh, it would be amazing to start to end the year and then start the new year learning all these new skills. And yes, we take breaks. We do take breaks. So don't worry. <laughs> We're not going to plow through things that you want to be a part of. Yes. Well, thank It was such an honor. And I know that like I scrambled. So I am not the best like interviewer. I feel like I did better. Like when we were just talking casual and I'm like, oh, you're, you get to, you're amazing. You get to talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so great. Like how, what do I even say next? You're so good. So <laughs> what a breath, a, a, what a breath of fresh air and such insightful information. So I hope that people DM you on Instagram and they can follow that link in the show notes and tag us on Facebook as we want to know how you were impacted by this um, episode, especially in all the takeaway nuggets that she had to offer. So again, thank you. And I appreciate you all um, and being grateful for you all to show up today and tune in and listen. And remember until next time, dream big and do the damn thing. Mm-hmm.